0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Proudly bring to you the best pro wrestling talk in the world, the K-Dog. Ken Reedy, Diamond, Dave Rosenbluth. This right here
2: is the Ken Reedy Show. No catchphrases
3: this week, folks. It's just...
1: Here you know what I am on vacation This is my last night of vacation What better way to end the week We're talking pro wrestling With all of you Been Kind of hanging out partying all day And you know what Gonna keep the party Going here tonight Right here the Ken Reedy show We want to hear what you think In the world of pro wrestling 347 Is the number to call Again, 347-838-9815 8, 8, 8, is the number to call. The best in pro wrestling talk. Just to let you guys know some of the things we got coming up in the near future. Uh, September 8th, the Ken Reedy Show. We are proud sponsors of Wrestle Jam out there in Shelton, Connecticut. Be sure to get your tickets to Wrestle Jam. Yours truly, Ken Reedy, will be a guest ring announcer uh, that night, so come on out to wrestle jam on September 8th. Our friends are at M&J MN, uh, Collectibles are doing a Vader signing September 21st. Be sure to check that out, and we will be part of the Ken Reedy Show. It's going to be a proud, a proud part of next week's, I mean, I'll say BWO, Body Slam Wrestling Organization, Um, I guess that's the official term for it. It's really the DOD, Dynasty of Destruction, that's running things here. Um, But myself, Ken Reedy, is going to be a special guest that night. I'm going to be hosting the bikini contest at the uh, beach party that, uh, again, the quote, Body Slam Wrestling Organization will be putting on. But we all know the Dynasty of Destruction of the guys in charge. So I'll be there hosting that bikini contest be sure to check that out. Uh, find BWO on the internet. Get your tickets because uh, we'll be there. Dod knows how to party, and we're gonna party that night. As always, my tag team partner Dave is on the line. Dave, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well, my
3: friend. As your vacation ends, mine has begun. I am currently on location. See, I go on location to promote this show because it's what I love to do, and I'm currently on location on vacation in Hampton Beach, New Hampshire. I just got off the beach myself. I'm sitting in the cottage, um, just had some dinner, and I'm ready to talk some pro wrestling for two hours on Sunday night, and then uh, maybe I'll get myself some uh, soft-serve ice cream and win myself a stuffed animal. But let's do this. I'm ready to go.
1: Wow, sounds like you got a pretty action-packed evening plan. Some ice cream and stuff. animals sounds good. Um, sprinkles, spring, you got to get the sprinkles. Do you go when you go sprinkles? Do you go rainbow sprinkles or chocolate or sprinkles?
3: I go chocolate because if I go rainbow, then my sexuality might be questioned.
1: Not that there's you know, anything they, wrong she, with that. No, no, there's nothing wrong with that. But um, you know, let's get into the wrestling here. Um, Obviously, and Dave, you've been pursuing the story, so let's get right into it. The big story over the past couple days, and it's nothing that's been going on with TV. We're going to get to the TV, obviously, tonight, Hardcore Justice Night in TNA. Do you want to give us a call, talk some hardcore justice? By all means, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to everything. But the big story that hit over the past few days, A.W., uh, the man in charge of A.W. Promotions... um, You know, one of the, I guess, probably the best right now, one of the best, uh, you know, manager-type characters uh, in the biz, uh, making some waves uh, on camera, uh, making some waves off camera over the uh, past few days. Uh, Dave, what's the latest you're hearing on the firing of A.W.?
3: Well, from what I've heard um, through various uh, news outlets is that there was a negative reaction in the locker room towards his uh, release. Um, most of the most of the talent felt that he was really starting to uh, make a name for himself, and his character was starting to come into its own and have a presence on television. He was the modern-day version of uh, Jimmy the Mouth of the South Heart. We've talked about it before with a microphone in the ear. And it was starting to catch some steam with the fans, and a lot of people felt that, uh, it's, you know, from what I've heard, and it's just a rumor in the locker room, that it wasn't very positive um, that he was let go. He was well-liked amongst most of the talent in the locker room. Of course, he has been on Twitter, um, all over Twitter the past two days, uh, pretty much bashing the politics of his release in the WWE. Not anybody personally, but just the politics Um from what I understand, there's rumors that with with his Twitter rants that he has gone on in the past few days, um, there's a good chance he could get rehired, because Vince doesn't like guys that back down from a fight, and he's, he really believes that he was wronged. Um, there's no particular reason as to why he got fired. Of course, everyone's going to say it's about that Kobe Bryant joke that he made on Raw a few weeks ago, but they were they didn't punish him. They they still continue to put him on television. I think personally the reason why he got let go was because he publicly endorsed Linda McMahon and her senator her senatorial campaign that's coming up and uh you know she distanced herself from the wrestling. She no longer works for the company. She's trying to find a career in politics and it seems like her opposition in, in, in the political uh, field They always bring up the WWE, the wrestling factor, and they want to try and steer her clear from that. Um, That's why we've seen a PG product in the past uh, three and a half years. That's why, um, you know, that's why they had the Stand Up for WWE campaign last year. Um, And they don't want the wrestlers to publicly acknowledge the campaign because then it might give the opposition some fuel to the fire to show possible association with Linda McMahon and the WWE. Um, so I think that was the reason why he got let go. Um, he brought up numerous stories of past stuff with Vince McMahon using the N word on TV. Um, big show even did a uh, promo against John Cena in 2003, where he, uh, he mentioned the Kobe Bryant case, um, in a battle rap when John Cena was doing the Thugonomics character. Um, so he's really gone to town on Twitter with this, um, Some say he can get rehired. Some say he basically has burnt this bridge and there's no way of building it back up again. But um, it's been the hot topic in the locker room from what I've heard.
1: You know, it's interesting. And be sure to keep it locked in right here because in our second hour, we've got a former member of WWE, Creative. And we're going to definitely ask him his take on the AW situation. Um, you're right. He has kept it politically correct and he's not bashing anyone in particular. Uh the interesting and I'm I'm curious of your opinion on this, Dave. How long I mean I get it and and Vince has forgiven a lot of people. We've seen Bret Hart back in the WWE ring. We've seen Hogan come back. Uh there have been issues in the past with a lot of different guys that Vince is like buried the hatchet. However, you know, A.W. is not a guy of the stature of a Bret Hart or a Hulk Hogan. And if he continues to rip the, the company, um, you know, he even posted a picture of, uh, you know, commenting on Vince McMahon making fun of J.R.'s Bell's palsy, um, which, again, and I didn't like that. I, I, I thought that was, uh, you know, a bit out of line. Um, you know, how how much will he be able to get away with without, you know, it becoming, Vince is saying, you know, we're just going to distance ourselves from this guy. He's gone too far. He's ripped us uh, for too long. Um, you know what? We, let's just distance ourselves because honestly, it is Vince McMahon and it is the WWE and, and in the grand scheme of things, who the hell is AW? Your thoughts?
3: Well, that's a tough that 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 tough situation, you know. Because a few years ago, Daniel Bryan was fired um, after the initial Nexus angle. He was in, he was a part of the Nexus when he choked the ring announcer Justin Roberts with the tie, and uh, the the company had claimed that you know they let him go because of uh, the um, the association. association. Was, well, that, well that was the fact that their PG product and all the 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 sponsorship like Mattel made us think about it, that you know, the that that you know, that it was too violent. Um so I mean w- with his situation you're right. He is not a name who is AW. Um it could go one of two ways. Um Vince could completely change his mind and say, you know what? You know, the guy's got a future, I see potential in him, I can make some money with him you know, key word, money. And uh, I'll bring him back, and this is water under the bridge. Or he doesn't – or Vince says, you know what, screw it. You know what, like, who is he? I didn't see him going any further than he was was going currently, so there's no point in me bringing him back. Let somebody else have him. And then after the 90 days, that would be perfect for TNA – to pick him up and use him in the similar fashion that WWE was using him in, but really let him be himself and not, you know, pigeon held to that, you know, the PG standards um, like most of the guys in the company are, most of the, the mid card, lower card guys. So, uh, and from what I heard, a lot of the mid card talent um, and lower card talent were especially upset at a, that AW was let go. Um, JTG this past Monday night on, on on Twitter put up a big stink on uh, about you know the company taking advantage of the the, the, the lower talent and uh, so I mean this could it, it's a sign that you know if you screw up and make a mistake with them you're bound, you're to, bound you know, to you know it's a good you chance you could lose they, your, job.
2: your job
3: so it's it's not like a Randy Orton or a Rey Mysterio or a John Cena you know those guys they're untouchable. Um, if you're, you know, mid-card talent and you screw up, you know, you might you, you might as well start looking for a job, is, is what is what the general consensus is in the locker room, from what I've heard.
1: No, I agree, and it's interesting, though, what I find interesting with the WWE right now, and, and just, you know, guys, keep the calls coming, we know we got some people on hold, we're going to get to the phones in just a bit, so be patient with us, thank you so much for giving us a call in, but... You know, we do, We like to hear ourselves talk. So you've got to give us a little bit of time to get our stuff out, talk a little bit. But we are definitely going to get to you. Thank you so much for the calls. Um, but the interesting thing I find with the WWE is, and even Stone Cold, when, you know, when he's doing tough enough. And, you know, we see it's on national TV. We all see it. He's preaching to these new guys. You know, I, you know Stone Cold wouldn't have happened in, unless I did it know and, and that thing like you just gotta take it and go out there and you know say you know speak from the heart and do your thing and you know AW made made reference to that that you know on one hand it's you're kinda told go out there and make a name for yourself, make yourself memorable, say something and get people's attention and then on the other hand, yeah, but if if we're not crazy about it, we're gonna fire you. And it's kind of a, you know, if you're a mid carter in that company and you, look, obviously, everyone's going to aspire to be a main eventer. Not everyone is. Not everyone has the talent to be. But you admire anybody who's going to aspire to be top of the food chain in the company. It's, they're sending mixed messages to that the, the mid-card guys. Do your thing. Make a name for yourself. Don't be afraid to you know go out there and, and grab the audience by the balls but be careful because if we happen to find it slightly a little bit whatever offensive um then you know what you're you're getting canned and it's um i I don't know it's just it's a tough place for the mid card to, to be you agree
3: I think I, you know you made that reference about Steve Austin and what he said on, when he was hosting Tough Enough, and you know he brought up a great point. You know, it's, it's kind of it's actually cool that you brought that up. But you also got to remember too; those were you know, we're we're in different times in the wrestling world. Back in 1996, Vince McLean was fighting for his life to try and overtake what WCW was doing. That was in June of '96 when Austin performed that, uh, that that Austin 316 speech, and that was right before the 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 NWO broke out and, you know, became the hottest thing in wrestling. And Vince was already had his back against the wall because Nitro was starting to put a beating on him in the ratings with all the talent that Bischoff and Turner were taking from him. So, so I think it was, you know, all hands on deck, let anything fly at that point that's going to get more eyeballs on a television set and more revenue in the company. Now – Vince McMahon knows he's the top dog. He knows there isn't anything out there that's going to be a serious threat to his company. So I think that's why there are, are there are a lot of these limitations um, that we see. And, you know, we've said it best. Competition, you know, creates a better product, um, especially during the Monday Night Wars it did. I don't think we'll ever get to that point again. But... um it's a it's a there's more of a structure in the company now with the mid card talent, with just about for, for the majority of the talent from mid card down. Um as far as gimmicks and promos, you know. A lot of guys back in the day used to come in and have their own gimmick and Vince would love it and be like, Oh great, like and then he might tweak it a little bit. Now most of these guys are basically coming straight up out of development and somebody's got a character and a gimmick for them and tell them how to talk and what to say and what to do and who you're going to be aligned with and sometimes that doesn't work sometimes you have to have you know you got to be yourself you know Steve Austin's always said you know when the TV when the, when I'm on the TV and the red light's on I'm at 10 but that th- that's 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 a, a stretch of my personality at 10 but when I'm when the camera's off I'm a 5 or a 6 you know so these guys technically aren't being themselves, and when somebody goes out and tries to perform this character that's been given to them now, and they're trying to make a name for themselves and get some attention, they're, they're, they're limited because of the, the structure, the way the company structures their talent now. I don't think it's a good thing. I think, you know, everyone's a robot. You know, there's probably two or three guys in that company right now that I could say, as far as, like, a promo ability and characters, that they're, like, completely different. And everybody else is just the same. They all look the same. They all sound the same. A lot of it, you know, it's like you, you, I could close my eyes and Kurt Hawkins could be cutting a promo on Monday Night Raw, or at least I think it's Kurt Hawkins, and it could be, oh, Christ, I don't know, Alex Riley. You know what I mean? Like you can't tell the difference with who's who when when they're cutting promos. Um, so it, it's a tough time in wrestling, and I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's going to get any better. I think it is what it is, and we're just going to have to accept that.
1: It is. I mean, it is a shame. We've even talked on the show. Like the best characters are, you know, take someone's, you know, uh, regular personality and and just turn the volume up, um, and that works well. Because look, I mean, it, look, you have a guy like Chris Jericho who has, you know, admittedly taken acting lessons. But let's face it; for the most part, uh, you probably don't have a lot of these wrestlers taking acting lessons. So, you know, these guys like to make the characters work. You got to find some sort of extension. The regular personality, and you're right. It just it become there's too many TV writers, not wrestling guys, and uh, uh, the promos wind up coming off as, as stale. And I get, you know, it's got to be tough for AW I just, uh, you know, I, I get what he was doing and trying to make a make a name for himself. Um, it's, it's just interesting. I don't know. You know I, I saw uh, actually uh, someone on on Facebook wrote that uh, AW didn't just burn a bridge; he nuked it. And you know there there comes a point where you know you might want to bring someone back, but if they publicly bash you repeatedly, there comes a point where like you know what, screw you, man! Like you've said enough bad stuff about me now, I now I can't bring you back because now I'm gonna look like it's chump uh, bringing you back, and it's just you know it's an interesting take. I mean, it almost reminds me of like a, a few years ago when. Um, Girardi got fired from the Marlins and he won manager of the year, but there are reports that he was ripping management, you know, in the front office and, and within the company and, and within the, uh, the organization and you know, they fired him and it, it kind of was just a, yeah, we would have loved to keep on, but as, as a boss, I can't, you know, be disrespected that often by you. And so I, I kind of have to fire you. And that's uh you know, I think AW is kind of running into that that you know that that scary ground where you know I was hanging out with a few indie guys the the other day and and you know he said one of the guys said flat out the only place to make money is the WWE in the business right now you want to make money you have to go to the WWE and and burning that bridge um, might not be the best thing for a w right now you know what? we usually talk for a little bit longer in this opening segment but we got a full bank of calls and i feel like we just got to get out there to the phone lines and and hear what the people want to talk about so let's go right okay. out there first off is tony is it you it's me tony how you doing Thanks for calling in
4: hey I no problem man doing all right um yeah. So what you've been talking about, about like, you know, definitely as far as the, um, mid card, lower card guy, you know, definitely everything has lived within the, at least the last 10 years, you know, it's like everything is, you know, this, the so-called creative team, they write this, this, uh, they overscript everything, you know, it's like Mike, you know, he micromanages the whole, you know, the whole damn company. And it's just, you know, it's like, no one can really, you know, like back in the, like when uh, Austin did the three sixteen line, you know, I, like I said, back then, uh you know, it wasn't as it wasn't like uh, like it is now, where everything is all scripted, and it's you know, so like it is like they tell a character to get over or whatever. and then it's like if they do something that gets them over, like using use Zach Ryder as an example. He went over, he used a YouTube channel, got himself over, and then they were like, hey, wait a minute, <laughs> we didn't want this to happen, and then they made him look like, then they made him look like a jackass, yeah, and then. Uh, You know, I I mean, even the same could be said for, um, you know, Daniel Bryan, too. You know, it's like he was getting over with the yes chan and it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, it's like, we don't want the fans getting behind him, he's a heel, and it's, so it's like, so now they got him, no, it's like, you know, it's,
1: it's kind of weird. Interesting points you bring up, And, and yeah, I mean, when you're saying everything is scripted, it is interesting pointing out what A.W. did, because A.W.'s character, and what he's doing with the headset mic, he's probably... One of the only character or was the only character that you can't script for him. If you're going to have a guy like that, that's almost out there doing commentary, just constantly talking when when the mood strikes. It's it's tough to script someone who's going out there with a live mic and just kind of talking on a whim. And and you know, I guess he wound wound up saying something that the upper brass uh, was not too crazy about. Whether it's that or the Linda McMahon thing. I'm just curious, like, did you like uh, A.W.'s character?
4: Not really. I got to say, you know, hearing it, you know, the uh, being a modern-day Jimmy Hart with the megaphone or, you know, with the earpiece, you know, it was, it was really like, you know, constantly cheerleading as the other two guys on it. I actually thought it kind of dis, did a disservice to the uh, primetime players. I don't know. I, I kind of thought he brought them down a bit.
1: because I, I, I kind of liked it. I thought he brought them up a bit, but he, agree know, to but disagree. I mean,
4: he had that talk show on ECW a few years ago, and that and that's you know, that was awesome. I hated it. Yeah, that was. Uh, but even you know, the only was thing I of...
3: liked about that talk show was Tony Atlas. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's the only thing I liked about that talk show. But I I do agree with Ken there. Tony AEW brought some life to these two individuals, uh, Titus O'Neil and Darren Young, and I think. Where where does it leave these two? That's what I want to know. Are they going to continue to be the primetime players, and are they going to come up with an explanation as to why is not there? Are they going to align themselves with maybe a Vicky Guerrero? Where is this area? Because from the sound of it, it looks like these guys were eventually going to capture the tag team titles at some point. Where does this leave them? What do you think about that, Tony?
4: As far as what are they going to do with them, um, I don't know. I mean, they are a tag team. We know tag teams don't mean – don't shit in WWE these days, so it's like they might just forget they exist, but uh, um, I don't know, like, putting him with Vicky Guerrero, actually, might, that, that, that's actually a pretty good idea, I don't know, just to give him, uh, to get, you know, to give him a manager, she's like the only other manager there, now that he's now that AW's out, out of is out of there, but, um, so yeah, I'm, I, I, I don't know, I, as far as AW goes, like I say, you know, I was like, he was kind of, like, I I guess I can say like i had a little bit of mixed feelings about it you know was like i i thought the, i thought the guy had definitely had charisma, but you know it's like maybe it was what they were like when he had that when he had that you know when they had the uh talk show or whatever it was kind of like you know they were scripting what it they they were scripting what he was saying and and it just didn't work right you know so I don't know if you know i, I you know it's like i uh, so like i say, i i don't know if, i i think the guy has you know is definitely you know Sort of charismatic in a way, but you know, it just the characters didn't really like work work for me the way they you know portrayed it. But uh, I mean, I actually had heard that he um, did talk in like FCW and everything, and I heard that he was good there.
5: So, cool. I'm well, I
1: like w- switching Tony, switching gears a bit uh, tonight. Obviously, Hardcore Justice, Hardcore Justice. Uh, yep. Impact Wrestling pay per view. Uh, what What did you think of of Impact this week and? Did they did they sell? Did they put the pay per view over? Are You looking forward to any specific matches? Your your thoughts on Impact Wrestling?
4: Um, overall, I thought I thought the show was good. I love the uh, Kurt Angle AJ Styles match. That that was probably like the, um, that was my favorite part of the show. And uh, James Storm and uh, Bully Ray was was really good. Also, um, as far as what they're going to do tonight, I don't know. like they had the Aces and Eights guys saying that they were going to come after uh, Bully Ray, and of course, you know like the Bubba and uh, Devon's deals are running out, and I have, they haven't resigned yet. So they might just, they might come out and attack Bubba tonight on the uh, pay per view. And this might be a way of writing them out if he uh, if they haven't resigned yet. Did you read my mind, Tony? Because I was going to talk about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess, uh, okay,
4: No, I didn't realize it, But I okay. Is there is
1: there anything in tonight's pay per view you're looking forward to, or more than others? Uh, uh, what's that? Anything more like uh, that's at the top of your list as far as tonight's pay per view?
4: What's certainly the uh, the, re, the uh, title rematch, Austin Aries, Bobby Roode would be good, and I'm also looking for the uh, the, the four way you know, uh, the ladder ladder match, um, you know, you know, Kurt Angle, uh, AJ Styles, and Joe and uh, Daniels. That should be, um, you know, because those Definitely. four could really, those those four could really go.
1: Definitely a card that's got a lot of potential. Tony, always a pleasure. And you guys out there, if you don't know already, go over to thekenreidyshow.com. Tony is the best blogger in the business. He blogs for us every week, Raw blog, Impact blog, SmackDown blog. You miss a show, you want to get some insight, you saw the show, want to get some insight, you go to thekenreidyshow.com and check out Tony's blog, the best blogger in the business. Tony, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, calling in tonight, and we'll uh, talk to you next week.
4: Absolutely. I'll be calling definitely
1: take care of yourself man
4: you
1: too all right right, there's tony man tony giving us some insight we're gonna we're gonna stick with this right now we're gonna stay right with the phone thank you all for for holding we got some guys who've been on hold for a little while now be patient we're gonna get to you asap but right now uh call are you there i can justin how are you tonight
6: Good sir, I love your show, Ken. I love it. I'm calling in, man. Just say hello to you.
1: I know it's awesome. I'm glad you're you're calling in. Uh, what, did you watch your wrestling this week?
2: Yes, I did. I did, sir. And what
1: what was what was your favorite this week?
6: It's uh uh John Cena and Edge.
1: Like Edge, yeah, you hear Edge is going to be doing uh he's going to be working with Tommy Dreamer uh yeah
2: I love Tommy Dreamer.
1: Are you gonna go see that show?
2: Yep, I want to see Edge and, and Tommy Dreamer together.
1: That's awesome, man. I'm glad. I'm glad you're listening. Are you enjoying the show so far?
2: I love your show, Ken. It's excellent.
1: Thank you. See the people have spoken. This you're is cool. an excellent show. And and we're cool. Yeah, you're cool, well, Justin. All th- right. Thanks for thanks for giving us a call. We'll talk to you soon. All right.
2: All right, Ken. You're awesome. All right, you're awesome. take
1: it easy, man. Justin giving us the reviews. Dave, Justin approves of the show.
3: Justin just gave us our nod of approval.
1: He, you know, that's just it. Justin's like, we love Justin, but he just he calls in and basically like he he inflates ego. He just he gives. I think we got his nod of approval, which is which is awesome. So keep the calls coming in three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. Again, three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five, and we are going to go right back out to the phone caller. Are you there? Hello, Ken. Hello.
2: Yes. Yes, yes Ken. Yeah, yes. can you hear me. Well,
1: yeah, we can hear Mr. you. Tri-
2: this is Mister Trivia from the top. Hey, Mister Trivia, how you doing? Good. Yourself.
1: Doing all right. I what just, you got for us tonight?
5: Good. Great. Great. Great show as, as always. What's not to like on the Ken Reedy show?
2: Appreciate um,
5: it. I also understand uh, you guys are talking about AW getting fired. Yeah, what are your thoughts
1: uh, on the firing?
5: Well, no, I don't think it's a big loss. I mean, I was when when we had our show in North Haven, Tony Atlas had called. and he, We were talking about AW, and uh, he was, you know, he was he's a good guy and everything. And uh, you know, he said if you want to see one of the finest physiques in wrestling, he said that's the man you're gonna see. He said, because A.W. has got himself a pretty uh, pretty good physique from what Tony was telling us. But, uh, Ken, I want to give you some new information, if I can. Um, sure, you
1: know, give it to us. So,
5: so I know last week I called and told you that the top rope was going to be on, uh, on, Tuesday, on Monday night in North Haven. Well, now we've changed plans with an all-new top rope, and it can be seen live on the Internet now. So if there's anybody out there Where can
1: we get where can we get that?
5: You can get it at WPAA dot T V. And the first showing live on the internet will be the Wrestling Roundtable on Thursday night, April twenty third, from seven to nine PM. I'm gonna have as in studio guests Ox Baker, former WWE star Mario Mancini former WWE ring announcer Frank Krasnowski and a few other of the Connecticut independent stars. And, uh, that's, and like I said, then that's going to be, uh, that's going to be shown live on the internet on uh, on, Thursday, night, uh Thursday night, August 23rd, August 23rd from seven from to, to 9, 9 PM. PM. And, um, and, um, Oh, I'm, I'm hearing an echo with my phone over here. I don't know what it is, but, um,
1: the wonders of technology.
5: Yeah, I know, and after that show, it will be seen live on the Internet as well as live on TV every Tuesday night at 7.30 on the same station, which is WPAA.TV. When you go onto that site, the page is going to come up. When the page comes up, there's going to be a monitor on the page itself it will say click live. You click live on that monitor, and you can watch the show live as we're doing it in the studio. It's gonna be a call in show. We're gonna have a live studio audience. So I'm Very looking cool. forward to uh, I'm definitely looking forward to uh mentioning the Ken Reedy show that night. So you might want to tune in and you know, I'll give you a nice plug on your show there for your show because it is a good show. I know I just started calling only two weeks ago but I enjoy it. I don't get a chance to see it on the computer because I work till eight o'clock on Sundays. Well, we
1: appreciate you giving us a call and giving us a listen. Uh, just uh, for our listeners, uh, you know, do you guys have a Facebook page as well that they can yes, access do. all your goings yep. on?
5: Yep, they can go to Facebook. Uh, it's the, the Top Rope, which is on Facebook. Just go to the Facebook sign-in page, put your name in there, and then up top where it says search, you just hit the Top Rope and our page comes up. Also, we have our own website, which is rope dot dot com. We have a Legends page, a promoters page. Uh a couple of the guys on the Legends page are Ox Baker, Jerry Lynn, Marty Gennetti. Uh, and also this week I'm gonna be in phone contact uh for a couple of weeks with Mario Mancini and um possibly I'll give him your number. Maybe I'll have him call maybe I'll have him call you up and talk to you guys on uh on your show there.
1: That'd be awesome to get
5: them. You know, yeah, you know, you know Mario, A little you...
1: cross promotion here always always works. But just curious, that? you know, I know you watch all the shows and everything. Uh, tonight's uh, Impact Wrestling pay per view. Are, are you looking forward to
2: tonight's pay per view? Uh,
5: to be honest with you, Ken, and to be totally one hundred percent honest with you, uh, you I think it, I've what? seen. I think maybe I've seen two episodes of TNA since it's been on. For me, TNA, you know. Stands for totally no action. I just, I just don't, I just don't care for for TNA. I mean, I've been WWE for forever. You know, when he bought WCW, which really stood for We Can't Wrestle, um, he kind of took the took the ball and ran with it. And I'm still convinced by the end of the year that Vince is going to buy TNA as well. Well, that's just my opinion. We'll have to see how it works out.
1: Wouldn't surprise but, uh, me. He's he's yeah, got the he's money pre- to do it, uh, oh, yeah, Mister. No a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks a lot for the phone call again. Check them out, top rope. Check them out on Facebook. Going live in their roundtable, August twenty third. Be sure to check them out. Uh, thanks
2: a lot right, for taking the call. Thank you, we'll you very much, you much and we'll talk
5: to you later. All right, bye bye. All right, cool.
1: Later. Well, there you go, Mister. We're gonna stick with the phones right now. Cole, are you there?
2: Yes. Hello. Hello. And How you doing, are? Mrs. Yes, I, I'm on. Is this Ken Reedy?
1: This is Ken Reedy, yes.
2: Okay, sir. Um, I was on Facebook, and a couple of independent wrestlers, I'm not going to say their names, they said they were going to be on the show tonight.
1: Okay, and, and, and you are?
2: My name is the sign guy. I'm the, uh, Actually, formerly, my name is Mike, but I'm formerly of the X-Clan sign guy. Okay. Okay. We, we are going
1: to have some some indie guys on a little later on. Uh, what what would you like to talk about?
2: Well, I just got well. All right, well, I didn't know when they were coming on, and uh, and I don't have right now. I don't have the internet capabilities because um, I'm working out of my phone. But uh, no, with them, with well, I'm not going to bring it up because it's your show, sir, and I want to respect you. But um, that's
1: okay. You can talk about whatever you want.
2: Okay, I am a longtime wrestling fan. And not only am I a fan, but I'm pretty, but I am brilliant with what I know about wrestling. Um, I'm a manager, which you know today standards in WWE there is no really big managers. And I, uh, what do you call? I, my good friend, okay, who I used to manage and still do, Magic. I don't know if you know, you know Magic.
1: Uh, not, not offhand. Where, where does he wrestle out of?
2: Magic wrestles for BWO. And he wrestles for JAP. Magic is a JAP Jersey All-Pro Hall of Famer. Okay. Okay, and Magic wrestles right now currently for BWO Wrestling Body Slam Organization Wrestling or Wrestling Organization.
1: Yes, I'm familiar with the BWO.
2: Okay, you are. All right. But anyway, so that's why. That's one of my main reasons for calling up because they got this family dysfunctional thing going on or whatever. And I'm really worried about my boy Magic. Because these guys operate sneaky. They're very sneaky guys. And those three guests that you got on tonight, they were all betrayed by the family, or whatever they call themselves now, of destruction. And I'm just a little concerned with him. But um, but what do you But if you want to ask me questions about what I think about wrestling, that's fine. You want to ask me about my my uh, Facebook page? I can give it to you. Whatever you want to do, Mr. Ken Reedy, and, and I'm sorry. There's another guy in the line. I'm sorry about that.
1: Uh, Dave, it's David. It's our co-host. And well um, yeah, why don't you, if you're managing stuff, why don't you give everyone your uh, Facebook page? And and if you want, we can. I can keep you on hold if you're if you're listening on your phone, just so you can keep listening to the show.
2: No, I love you know. I love the show, but my like I said, my main reason for calling was to speak to those guys. But you know what? That's fine. I'll you know I'll give you my. It's uh if you go to Facebook. You go to the, uh, you go to Facebook, and you go to slash um, Mike Ferrara. That's F E double R, no A-R-A, F-E-R-R-A. and there's a picture with me with big sexy Kevin Nash.
1: Okay, well we'll be sure to check that out. You know, I mean that's. Right now the, the Bicephum Wrestling Organization I mean it it's where it's at is is with the DOD the Dynasty of Destruction and their
2: That's what the Dynasty of Destruction Sorry about that. go ahead.
1: Yeah, they they you know I mean their charge and uh you know I hope you know if you're if you're not with them you're against them so I I I you know, hope the best for for your guy uh Magic. Well, well, you know.
2: well listen, listen, I I appreciate that and I'm not you know I'm not going to be around this weekend for that so I'll, I'll probably get the phone call after. Listen, I I respect, the, I just, I respect Richie Rodden and I respect the Dynasty of Destruction, and I respect all the other guys that are involved in it. But when you talk about personal stuff, my boy Magic has been everything in that company that you can be. He was a U.S. champion. I managed him when he was U.S. champion. We, we matter of fact, did a show called Crew Champions 2 for, um, for a kid uh, that was dying of cancer. It was a sad situation.
1: Well, I mean, that's great that you did a show. I mean, you know, I have a lot of respect. I mean, you know, I do something every year with the Relay for Life, well, so anything you do to uh, raise awareness or money for uh, people with cancer, I mean, that that's great. But, uh, you know, right now with the BWL, I mean, that's uh, it's all about the dynasty, man. Uh, you know, you yeah, got to no, kind of... No fall line. So thanks for the call. We appreciate it. And again, why don't you give everyone your, your Facebook page and uh, maybe we'll get some traffic over there again. Uh, what's your Facebook page?
2: Yeah. Oh, Oh. you want my phone? I'm sorry about that. One more One more thing, if I could just say this quickly because I know you got the listeners on the line. Yeah, one sure, thing I want to also tell you is, is one thing I wanted to also tell you is that um, it's it's just uh, what do you call. It's just going to be off the chain, so please go and support BWO. They're a great organization. I, like I said, I used to work for them, but now I don't. I go different places. I actually work for ECPW. I actually work for all these different organizations. So my Facebook page, again, is when you go to the Facebook, search Mike Ferrara. There is a picture of me with Kevin Nash. All right, um, now, very this, cool. show great, this show is a great show. You're a, very good, you're a very good host, and I appreciate. One more thing i got to say. You,
1: all right, then we got to let you one, go. More thing
2: I gotta say, one more thing i got to say is I'm very <laughs> worried. That's all I'm going to say. But thank you very much for your time, boys. And I'm not going to hang on the line because i got actually magic on the other line. So you tell those boys I said, the fine guy said, to watch their back. Good night, All guys. Right. Thank you, you very much
1: for the call. Okay, keep listening. Thanks for the phone call. Wow. Oh, Okay. This, I I just I love this wacky world of pro wrestling that we we're slowly immersing ourselves into. I, I feel like you know we started the show, and it's it, if you if you take the world of wrestling and and uh, you know poke it, it, look think of it as a pool. And I feel like we kind of were poking our, our big toe into it when the show started. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're kind of wading in the water now. And it's, uh, wow, a lot of characters. Guy, I love you guys. Keep the calls that, coming in, 347 8, 3, 8, 8, That guy
3: jumped all the way in the pool. <laughs> he didn't dip his big toe, and he jumped all the way in. And he's brilliant. He'll tell you himself
1: is brilliant you know man but you know you got to worry cuz it doesn't sound like uh you know sign guy it was funny cuz he said sign guy it was like the sign guy but it, it's obviously another sign guy um but you know not not totally a supporter of the the DOD so uh you know obviously there there's a bit of concern um because <laughs> that's, that's where it's at in the Body Slam Wrestling Organization, the DOD is, uh, you know, they're running things right now. So I guess Magic would probably be in a little bit of trouble there.
3: At least the guy's got his head screwed on straight and knows what, what, what's up around there and knows, you know, that those guys are trouble and they're no good. They're a bunch of leeches. But I'll say I'll leave it at that. Let's continue on with the rest of the show.
1: That's a matter of opinion. They they actually They're all class acts. And they know how to do things and how to do it right and, and you know, how to run a quality wrestling organization and how to have uh, an elite champion, a guy like Tristan Law. So, uh, you know, to me, the DOD is is right now uh, the, probably the, the strongest faction in pro wrestling. And, you know, why ally myself with a loser? I'm going to go where where the actions at so uh you know the DOD is where it's at but you know we're we're going to stick with this we're going to go back out to the phones and I think we got uh Mr. Bob Aryan on the phone Bob are you there
6: Yeah it is uh, Ren Renkiti uh Renkiti show right
1: Yeah something like that are you, are you off your meds Oh
6: uh, yeah I know your name is Ken we went through that last week First I got you got to uh, I am Bob Aryan. Now, we can go on with your show.
1: Yeah, I I like that whole thing. It, it's cute that whole thing that you do. Well, well, listen, I got something
6: I got something good to say. You're gonna uh, let, you you gonna you, Go ahead. I got go ahead, something good know, to got say. The go
2: ahead.
6: I I just I want to tell Dave he's doing a great job. He's a true professional. I enjoy listening to Dave every week. Dave knows his stuff.
4: Thank you, Bob.
3: Hey. Thank you, Bob. It's always a pleasure. to It's a pleasure to have you on. I'm I'm, I'm honored and, and uh, humbled to say that uh, you're a friend of mine, and uh, I truly appreciate the
6: kind words. But no problem, right. Is it, uh, Dave. Is this all of a
1: sudden the, the, the Bob-Dave love fest here?
6: Hey, Ken. Wait, Ken. Ken, listen. No, no, no. no go ahead. I hey, Ken. Call, I, I called in for one reason, and that was to talk to Dave, the real radio guy, not you, so why don't you do the right thing for your listeners? Step aside so the real radio guy can get this show moving the way it should be. The real,
1: the real radio guy. Seriously? You whoa, know? Whoa, you know whoa, whoa, I,
6: whoa, 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 whoa! Ken, 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 Ken. Can I just what, interject what, for a minute? What? What? Can, can I just
3: interject for a minute? Just for a second. God, God, can God, I,
1: why don't you interject, real radio guy?
3: Can, can I? I didn't say it. Bob did. And I appreciate the kind words, Bob. However. May I may, may I uh, take over this interview and uh give a little history lesson about Bob Aryan to our listeners? Would that be okay? All
1: right, you know what? Fine. Fine. How about that? You know what? I could go for a break. Maybe I'll go I'll go take a smoke break or something. Why don't we just Why don't we do that? I'll give, I'll give the floor to Dave and Dave can conduct this 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 puff piece with Mr. Bob Aryan. Go ahead. Knock yourself out. Have a great interview.
6: Wow. Dave, finally got rid of some dead wood there, huh? It sounds Jeez. like the BWO party, getting rid of dead wood.
3: <laughs> well, Bob, I wanted to I wanted to uh, you know, thank you for coming on. Thank you for all the kind of things you have to say. I wanted to talk to you for a few minutes here on uh, the Ken Reedy Show, um, live on Blog Talk Radio every Sunday night from 6 to 8 p.m. I'm glad you're on board. Uh, first of all, I was doing some history on you and uh, I, the some of the things I have read about you—you you had some—you you were involved with work in the government and um, dealing, uh, working over in South America. Can you uh, tell me a little bit about that? Maybe tell our listeners a little bit about your uh, your history with that.
6: Well, you, you know, that's that, that's what I've been told by you know people that are close to me. Uh, right now, though, I, I don't have recollection because the government still controls my mind. Uh, they give me these pills to take. Uh, and, and sometimes I have dreams. Uh, I, I believe I was in the jungles and, and, you know, doing some secret government work there. And I remember walking back from South America I have vague, vaguely. And, you know, and I, I think they just mess with my head. They got keys to my house. And it, it's just hard for me. I struggle with trying to remember the past. Uh, people from my family, Steve Wolf, has, has a better insight on it. uh uh he's he's the one you'd have to talk to and maybe he can give you more insight. Uh you know, when the government wants to control your mind, they win.
3: Uh-huh. Okay. Um speaking of Steve Off, uh, your relationship with him. How did you uh, how did you guys form uh you know, your your army so to speak and uh uh what's he up to these days? What's he been you know, what what's he been doing now that he's no longer employed with uh the Body Slam Wrestling Organization?
6: Well, I got involved with Steve Worf. Uh, again, this goes back to my past. Uh, years back, uh, he found me sleeping in his yard. I thought he, I was in the middle of the woods. Uh, you know, I was calling myself hands-off. And then my name switched to Bob Arian because my mind plays games on me. Uh, but basically, you know, he knew my training. He knew what I could do. He hired me as his bodyguard, uh, brought me in into the wrestling world where I protected him, motivated him, got him in the gym. Uh, basically right now, you know, we got the gun show running. It's uh YouTube, Steve off the gun show. Uh, it's actually a reality show. It's about our crazy zany life. And, uh, Four years, we've we've been a hit, and uh, you know not many YouTube shows last that long. And you got to really tune in, and it's um, some good stuff. Everybody says it's crazy and stupid, but it's real. It's real life to us. Uh, you know, right now Steve has just been hitting the gym. Uh, I think he's been doing some work with some uh, other feds out of the area. I believe he was up with NWA in Maine uh, last weekend or Thursday night. Uh so he he's hanging in there. Uh I know he's a BWO fan. He's going to support the good guys that are still left there right? and I'm sure he's going to be at the show. He's going to buy a ticket on uh, Saturday and Saturday I think uh, should be a good show. We got a nice card set up from what I see.
3: Yeah, I was speaking of uh, the 18th on Saturday uh where do you fit in as far as the Peach party on uh, in Elmwood Park, New Jersey? What are your plans going into Elmwood Park, New Jersey Saturday night on uh, August 18th?
6: Well, I'm going to do what I normally do. I, I do have a contract with BWO to be a manager. Uh, it's a little complex two-tiered contract where I, I was tied into Steve, but now Steve is fired. They give me the opportunity to basically be a free agent, hired gun, like I said last show, I'll go into the locker room, and if there's any wrestlers that feel that they need a little motivation that night, they need somebody to get in their head, you know, get the crowd going, support them, uh, they'll hire me for the night, and that'll be my payday. Uh, if not, I guess I'll just sit in the locker room and hang out and, you know, see what I can of the show and enjoy it. Uh, Beach Party's always been a great show. It's one of the, the more popular uh, BWO shows we've ever had. Uh, we, we draw a lot of people to that. You're going to see some hot women there in the bikini contest and maybe some not-so-hot women there, too. You know, you, you get the goo with the bad there. Uh, we have Nunzio will be there, class act, former WWE star, and I believe Ring of Honor star Delirious is going to make his BWO debut. So it's going to be an exciting night. And uh, also while we're on that topic, Dave, um, I, I see Ken got invited, and I, I think that's very disrespectful to you. I think you should have been invited, too, because you do carry the show. This show is nothing without you, okay? And i like to invite you to the Beach Party show to be my VIP guest. Well, Bob,
3: I am honored, and it's a privilege, and I will gladly be there. But I'm going to up the ante just a little bit. Um, okay. Because I did feel a little bit disrespected that – you know, the work I put into the show, I didn't get invited. Granted, I don't agree with what Ken does with the with the DOD guys, with Tristan Law and the rest of the circle jerk gang. Um, but, you know, I did feel a little bit disrespected because of the work that I put into the show, there was no appreciation out of it. And uh, you know, I didn't get I I don't feel appreciated. So what I'm gonna do is, Bob, I will be your guest, but I will also put money in the pockets of the wrestlers in the back and I'll buy a couple tickets. And I will be in Elmwood Park, New Jersey. I'm coming from Connecticut. I will be in Elmwood Park, New Jersey, and I'm gonna bring a few friends of mine. Some guys that you know very well, Bob, and for those guys out there in the DOD, Richie Rotten and that, that geriatric Tony Schoff or however you pronounce his name, Tristan <laughs> Law, the world heavyweight champion, um Mikey Cap, Tommy Face, all of you guys, the whole circle jerk gang. I'm gonna be, be there. Okay, and I'm stuff. gonna be there. I'm gonna be the reporting about this show, and I'm gonna have a ticket. I'm gonna bring some friends of mine that you know very well. Just tune in and find out on the 18th because I'm gonna be there, and you better watch so out. That's gonna
6: be aw- awesome, uh, Dave, and uh, I think it's gonna be great to to hang out a little bit and let these thugs know that regular people are not gonna take it. Uh, I still disrespect them. They're thugs. They're bullies. They're cheaters. Uh, I think a lot of that's starting to rub off on Ken. Uh, I don't know how that happened. They're also not in shape. Ken looks like he could be in decent shape. So I don't know the connection there. But Richie Rotten has really disgusted me lately, uh, besides what he's done to me when I resurrected his career. Now he's walking around. he's, He's a Ric Flair wannabe. Have you seen that stupid, ridiculous bathrobe or cape or... A sheet, whatever he calls it, that he comes out I in did. the ring. It, look, it looks like a
3: four-year-old made it. it. Looks terrible.
6: Oh, you know, and he thinks he's Ric Flair or something like that. I, to, the only thing him and Ric Flair have in common have in common is on the first of the month they both get their social security check. Other than that, <laughs> Richie Rotten can't be in the same room with Ric Flair. Come on, maybe in his sick mind he thinks he's the Ric Flair of the Indies, but. He he's nothing. He he's washed up, he's done. And Glenn, still, chicken little, running scared. And what they did did you see that poster, the BWO poster for the show?
3: Oh my god. Unfortunately I did.
6: It's appalling what they did to this kid. They got him standing butt naked and a belt covering his private area. That is exploitation. If I've seen it, it's 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 over the top. I think the BWO should be sued for that. Poster. I don't know who in the right mind and up on management approved that. They got that hanging out all over the place where little kids walk by and see it. You got Glenn Ulrich bare ass naked with a belt covering his groin.
3: It's yeah, it's it's disgusting. Um I, I, I don't approve of it and uh you know my personal opinion, my professional opinion, I don't think that's the way that you promote a a talent and a wrestler like Glenn Ulrich, um on 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 this on this upcoming event, the beach party. Um, I just right, I'm, I'm not right. not. A, I just I mean he's, mm-hmm. he's got so much talent. and He's better than what the DOD is. Just like I told Ken, and if Ken, if you're still listening, if you come back from your break, uh, I've told you this a million times. We have such a great show, man. We have something that's just that we're on it. You know, we got our fingers on the pulse, and we don't need these guys. These guys are leeches, man. We don't need these guys to help promote us. You know, we've done it on our own. We've done the legwork. They, we're gaining zero from this association with them. They're right. just taking You're and right. taking and taking, and we're giving everything. So is, you know, this is something that we wanted. You know, I, I, I'm just—I I can't even speak anymore about those guys. You know, I, I've, I've reached a point where my professionalism is now going out the window, and that's why I'm going to be in Elmwood Park, New Jersey, on the 18th um, to to uh, to show my support for the real Ken Reedy Show, not the show that it's become because of the dynasty of dysfunction. <laughs>
6: I got one more thing to say about. What's going to happen here with the Dynasty of Dysfunction? Why did I see it? Because I got my hand on the pulse, too, like you do. And they're overlooking somebody that's very dangerous. Uh, yeah, Steve Wolf, Section 8, they can't do much. They're fans now. They can't get involved. They get thrown out, arrested, whatever. You know, they can't physically get involved in the show without having ramifications. But there is, yeah. there is a secret weapon here. There's a guy in that locker room that he's been a star for BWO for a while. But everybody just seems to overlook him. And you know what? They've got to watch out for Preacher. Preacher is the toughest SOB I've ever met. You can pound that guy with a stop sign. You can pound him with a car hood. You can cut him. You can break his nose. And he comes back for more. He's not stopping. And you know what? I can see Preacher being the, the secret weapon here. He's going to be the silent assassin here. He's the one, I'm guaranteeing you, he's the one the DOD's got to fear, and they don't. They laugh at him. They don't take him seriously. You heard it from me first. Watch Preacher. He's going to take this on his back, and he's going to run through the wall with it.
3: You know what? I, I I I've watched preacher. I've seen what he can do, and he's 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 a force to be reckoned with. And uh, you know, he's got a bright future in the wrestling industry in the, in this business. Uh, Bob, one last question for you: um, sure. Is there anybody in the locker? You know, obviously, you know, you're leaving your services open for August the 18th. Um, is there anybody in the locker room in particular that you would like to offer your services to, your managerial services to, on August the 18th? Um, that, that you see I mean, uh, as a potential threat toward the Dynasty destruction that you would like to personally be behind on that night?
6: Uh, of course. I mean, you got a, you got a uh, WWE superstar sitting in that locker room. Not that he needs me, not that he needs a manager, but you know what? you got Nunzio there, and Nunzio is a class act all the way around. He would never cheat to win or whatever. He doesn't need me, but I would just love to be in his corner while he takes them apart piece by piece because Nunzio can do it. I just don't know if he wants, if it's a fight he wants to get involved in. You know, I think he's kind of staying neutral, maybe staying out of it. I don't, I don't know, haven't spoke to him about it. But, come on, I'm in a locker room there with all these wrestlers, and I got one of the greatest wrestlers ever in there and the chance to manage him. Why why wouldn't I? Would, you know what I'm saying?
3: Absolutely. You make a great point, Bob. Bob, I want to thank you once again for coming on tonight to the Ken Reedy Show. Okay. Um, And Dave, can I I just add
6: one thing? Uh, I would just like to congratulate QT Marshall, who signed a a Ring of Honor contract. Uh, I want to wish him all the success. He's a class act. And it just so happens I managed him last BWO show. Another example of whatever Bob Arian touches turns to gold. Um, Like I'm doing for the Ken Reedy show, but he really doesn't appreciate it. Dave, me and you... We're the next radio heroes, not Ken reed. That's
3: right. You know what? If if I ever decide to branch off and do my own thing someday, Bob, I'll be the first guy I'm going to be calling. Once again, I want to thank you for having you on. Uh, it's you. always a pleasure and honor to have you on, and uh, I will definitely I look forward to seeing you on August the 18th, and uh, it's going to be a good time at the BWO Beach Party.
6: All right, brother. Enjoy the rest of the night with uh, your so-called partner there, or whatever he is. I good will night. do that, Bob. Thank you very much. Good night.
1: Oh, oh Bob oh Bob. The interview over. Wow, yeah. great. Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, Bob uh obviously on a weekend pass from the, the home, so uh giving us a call. Great video there. Good stuff, good stuff, uh keeping active and uh yeah. Good interview. Good good good. Feel good about it, Dave?
3: I do, Ken. Yeah, I, I, I will thank you very much for you know giving me the floor for this interview. Um, I do feel that I've contributed a lot to the show, enough for me to deserve to have a one-on-one interview with uh, with a star, the likes of Bob Aryan, and I do appreciate it. Thank you very much, Ken. Despite our differences, I do want to say thank you for for giving me the floor.
1: Sure, no problem. Um, let's let's get things uh, back on track. Now we got a. Uh, Bob Arian, woo, off the line. Uh, top of the hour. Let's get right into our uh, 50-50 news update. Take it away, Dave.
3: Thank you very much, Ken. This is the Dave Fibre Report, only on the Ken Reedy Show, live, 6 to 8 p.m. every Sunday night here on com. Our first story in the evening, our top story this week, WWE is set to launch a new Saturday morning show on the CW Network on August 25th, titled Saturday Morning Slam. The show will be 30 minutes featuring one new match every week, wrestler profiles, behind-the-scenes footage, and the use of social media. The show is said to be similar to an old WWE show titled Livewire, where superstars would appear live in studio and fans were able to call in and ask questions. Reports right now have Hornswoggle, aimed as the host, as a way to appeal to the younger PG WWE audience. Our second story, ESPN Pipe bomb. ESPN personality Colin Calvert dropped a pipe bomb of his own this week on WWE's resident pipe bomb king, CM Punk. Calvert took Punk to task over some comments Punk made on Twitter this week regarding Nike's decision to give ufc light heavyweight champion John Bones Jones an endorsement deal with the popular brand after he was convicted of a DUI in May of this year. Punk stated that Nike was wrong for giving Jones the deal after his DUI conviction and that it's a bad example they are setting for youths. Cowherd fired back calling wrestlers roided freaks and questioning why so many wrestlers have died young over the years. No rebuttal from CM Punk as of yet. TNA Wrestling star Kurt Angle announced on Twitter this week that he plans to run for office. Angle wrote, I'm going to run for office boost economy, alter Obamacare to work for all of us, and create more jobs. That's it. Start as mayor, then congressman, then governor. No word on when Angle plans to run, but I'm guessing this will take place after his career in wrestling comes to an end. It's true. It's damn true. TNA star Tara stated in an interview that TNA stars were prohibited from appearing at Wizard World Comic Con due to the presence of WWE being at the same event. Kara, who was scheduled to appear this week, was told at the last minute that WWE threatened to pull its talent from the event if any TNA talent were on hand, and she was taken off the event immediately. However, former WWE talents Kevin Nash, John Morrison, and Melina were still on hand and were not prohibited from appearing as scheduled. And in our final story this week and some sad news, the wrestling world has lost legend... Flying Red Bastien. Bastien passed away on Saturday at the age of 81. Bastien wrestled around the world in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and is credited with the discovery of such names as TNA superstar Sting and former WWE champion The Ultimate Warrior. Bastien had been suffering from Alzheimer's for several years. Here at the Ken Reedy Show, we offer our thoughts and prayers to his friends and family at this time. September 8th, Shelton, Connecticut, the Ken Reedy Show proudly sponsors Wrestle Jam. You will see the final match of former ECW World Heavyweight Champion Jerry Lynn in the state of Connecticut. TNA official Al Snow. Also scheduled, first class Vladimir Joseph and a ladder match 10 years in the making. Former friends collide in the honor of a fallen friend, Connecticut indie sensation Spider, who passed away from a brutal in-ring accident at a loop. This match will be a Loser Leaves Connecticut ladder match. It will be Dave Cole going one-on-one with Nocturne. All this is so much more, including our own Ken Reedy on hand as a special guest ring announcer. And fans, be sure to tune into the world famous and endorsed by yours truly, the gun show, only on YouTube, starring my good pal, Bob Aryan, as well as former BWO superstar Steve Off. For more information, head over to Facebook.com slash Bob Arian Gun Show. This has been the day five report, only here on the Ken Reedy Show. Back to you, Ken.
1: And thanks,
2: Dave.
1: Uh, good job on the news report. And you know what? Why don't we, since since you're good friends, good friends with the guys who do the gun show, um, you know, why not let you take continue to take the lead here? Because we uh, we have Steve off on the line. So you're right. Another, I guess, another buddy of yours another pal so uh why don't we get him on the line uh steve are you there
0: yeah i'm here how you doing
1: doing all right how are you
0: good good dave how's it going steve always a pleasure how you been my friend absolutely the pleasure is all mine i i've seen better days but i'm getting up there again i'm doing all right
3: that's good to hear that's good to hear uh what can uh, we expect from you? Uh, Bob was just mentioning that you're going to be in Elmwood Park, New Jersey on the 18th. Uh, yes, sir. I wanted, to make a, I wanted to make a little proposition for you. You don't have to buy tickets um, hmm. because I'm going to drop a little bit of a bombshell here. I want to invoke okay. Bob Invites me as a personal VIP. I would like to invite you as a guest of mine. I got a ticket for you. How about you come oh, wow. sit with me in Elmwood Park, New Jersey next Saturday for the BWO Beach Party? What do you think about that?
0: Dave, I like it. This is money right here. This could definitely go somewhere. I like it. Really, I like it. All way. right,
3: that that sounds like a plan. Let me ask you, uh, Steve. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what me? have you been doing on your t- in your time off um, from uh, the, the BWO? Bob mentioned somebody. We're wrestling for NWA in Maine. Uh, <clears throat> excuse yeah. me. Uh, what can you tell me about your time off from the BWO and uh, and and how you are mentally since your uh, your release from the company?
0: Well, it, it's kind of like a case of you don't know what it's what you got till it's gone kind of thing because I always loved BWO, always appreciated working there, I always felt it was home, but I didn't truly know how much I loved it until it was taken away from me. And mentally, I'm going to be honest, I've seen better days, but you know what the Dynasty really has to worry about? The fact that I know that, the fact that I know that mentally I'm in a very bad place right now and the fact that I embrace it, the fact that I'm pretty much letting myself run roughshod, and do whatever I want. we got a slow start with the revolution, phase one. Phase two begins at Beach Party on the 18th. And I can't guarantee how fast or how slow it will go. It just has to take a life of its own, if you will. And honestly, all I could tell the dynasty of destruction, dysfunction, whatever you want to call them, (laughs) Steve-Off gives you one warning, or just a fair heads up. It's not a warning. There's really nothing you can do about it. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
0: the end is near. The revolution is upon us. Expect the unexpected.
6: Wow. You know something
3: that that, <laughs> that 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 is something that that needs to be taken seriously and I am honored and privileged to 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 be a part of this revolution with you my friend. I've gone for the past two months now, having to deal with this dynasty of destruction, disrespecting me and my job and what I love to do, and I'm glad that I'm going to be on board on the 18th with you. And you know something, for all you listeners out there, you know, you heard Bob Arian speak and you just heard Steve off speak, and both of them, their mental capacities are long gone. They're out the window. (laughs) This is like a Molokov cocktail. This is going to explode in the faces. You need to be in Elmwood Park, New Jersey on August the 18th this upcoming Saturday to see what's going to take place, because I'm telling you right now you're not going to want to miss it. The wrestling world is going to be turned on its ears in Elmwood Park, New Jersey.
1: Well, I don't know. Like It just it just gives me chills. I'm all sounds here. Oh, yeah, it sounds, sounds, sounds tremendous. I'll, I think it's cute, the whole like, revolution thing. You, you kind of got to Got a good nickname for it. Got a thing, Uh, you know, a Molotov cocktail. It's good. It's good. uh, Yeah, a couple of you guys uh, against the entire dynasty. Yeah, it works. Good plan. Good plan.
3: I mean, seriously, it's better you're than the better supposed than the takeover game. that you do because every cause every stable every in wrestling is taken over a company. That thing's kind of getting a little old. The NWO did it, the Horsemen did it, DX did it. It's getting a little old. I mean, if the Dynasty wanted to be groundbreaking and doing something new, they should come up with a different a different name for it. Because takeover has been taken over. It's 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 done with. I'm I'm done with it. Steve, is there anything you'd yeah. like to tell our listeners? To, uh, to what to expect on the 18th from you? What are you looking forward to on the 18th? Uh, to be honest with you, as a fan, as a fan of of, of, of the BWO, what are you looking forward okay. to seeing on the 18th?
0: As a fan, I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing Delirious from Ring of Honor. I'm really looking forward to that. Really looking forward to um, what's it seeing Damian, Darling, Damian Darling, Darling come back and challenge Tristan Loss for the BWO World Title. You know, I'm really looking forward to the show in general, specifically those two things more than anything else. And even more than that, I'm looking forward to phase two of the revolution. As I said, when you take everything away from a man, he'll do things that he normally wouldn't do and that you normally wouldn't expect. So as I said, quite simply expect the unexpected, but expect me to cut off the lights on somebody.
3: <laughs> wow. this I'm, I'm liking this. This is You still there, Ken?
1: I'm here. I just, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm listening as as a fan. This is this is riveting. I mean, you know, it's 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 great. It's good. Yeah, it's good. I, you know, revolutions coming I'm Gonna, you know, try and do their little thing and take their <laughs> their thing. spot back. And uh, you know, it's it's uh, yeah, good. You know, go for it. It's you know, good in life. Everyone needs goals. Everyone needs something to strive for and. You know, it's good that, that Steve and Bob have have goals. You know, keep active, keep you know the mind focused, especially for Bob. You know, keep things, keep the mind focused and sharp. And it's good. You know, keep that up, keep it up, you guys. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's cute. It's good. It's entertaining. It's good. Enough. So uh, again, Dave, I'll let you take the lead. So uh, you know, maybe ask ask Steve a couple more questions. Uh, you know. just Keep it going. Keep you know, I'm, Ted, I'm glad,
0: I'm glad you're entertained. I'm glad you find that cute. I know you're a supporter of the Dynasty. I respect the fact that you have your own opinion on things. But just like them, you're going to watch the world of the Dynasty crumble at your very feet. Every single one of you is going to watch it. I'm not threatening physicality on you, but every single one of them, one by one, they're all going to fall, and you can watch it happen. as their biggest fan.
3: Okay. And, Ken, that's a true professional right there. Because unlike the guys that you associate with, they threaten me physically. Steve off knows that you're not a trained wrestler, you're not you're not a professional in that ring, and he's never he's not going to hurt you. Unlike your guys over there who have threatened me, I'm a regular citizen just like you, and we've decided to pick sides because we have different opinions. We we don't we don't agree on this, and I just think eventually down the line, Ken. Steve-Off's right. You you're going to see something that's that it's it's going to explode right in your face and you might not like it. These guys might walk away from you. I'm warning you, buddy. I love you to death, you're my friend and that's why I come on this show every week and do this show with you, but I just don't think that you're associating with the wrong people, man. These guys are no good. No good.
1: No, oh, man. I'm 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 in. Oh, man. I'm not going to turn that back. I mean, we're good. We're we're, we're 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 tight. That's what that's what makes it the class act and professional wrestling. Line. That's why it's it's the the, the in control faction. You know, we just we know we're a tight knit group, and I have no fear of you know falling out of favor with the, the DOD.
3: Well, speaking of in control, I want to say thank you to Steve for coming on the show tonight. And I look forward to sitting next to you and booing and cheering, whoever the hell we want to, come August 18th in Elmwood Park, New Jersey at the BWO Beach Party. Steve, once again, thank you for coming on. Is there anything you'd like to promote to our listeners to go to, to check you out at?
0: No, man, I think you pretty much got it all. I look forward to that, too. Thank you for having me on. Facebook.com backslash Steveoff youtube.com slash Steve Off and follow me on Twitter at Steve Off and that's pretty much it. Thank you guys for having me. Awesome Steve. Thank you for being on. I'll see you August eighteenth. That's right. BW Beach Party, August eighteenth. Don't miss it. Thank you. Take care,
1: buddy. All right, well, I'll give I'll give thanks to, to Steve. You know, he's, he's a wrestler, so thanks for being on the show. Um however his uh, his opinions and uh goals may be misguided. Uh we love having uh, you know, guests on the show and you know, again, like I said, good, it's real, you know, it's good. We, we need goals and stuff in life, and, uh, you know, they got their goals, so they'll be there on the 18th, and that, that's cool. I'll be there. It'll be a big old happy family, but uh, I'll be there judging and hosting the teeny Contest. So, uh, yeah, well, you guys are sitting out there in the, in the audience. I'll be, uh, you know, rubbing elbows with some uh, bathing beauties, and that's. Again, when you run with the DOD, the Dynasty Destruction, that's, that's where you get to go. So, uh, thanks, Steve, for calling in. And uh, this is the Ken Reedy Show, 347-838-9815 that is the number to call. All the best in pro wrestling talk. And just to let you guys know, uh, this week, because next week is our special uh, SummerSlam pregame show on Sunday. It's a... Uh, It's a big week, because obviously we'll be letting you know what happened on the 18th at the BWO show, and we'll be doing our SummerSlam pregame. But we were asked to compile a list of the top SummerSlam matches of all time, and here's what we're doing for you. We got Dave is going to give us a blog, and Dave is going to give us a top 25, his top 25. But we wanted something to include everybody. We're going to do a top 10 list uh, to include everybody, so it's transparent, man. It's not us. Forcing a list down your throat. It's not us telling you this is the top. You guys will decide the top. So off of Facebook, the ten nominees, not in this order. We're going to count down ten to one. It's going to be on the website, com. But ten to ten to one will be on there. These ten are the final nominees for the top ten matches of all time in SummerSlam history. In no particular order, we have... Uh, the Undertaker, Brett Hart with HBK, a special guest referee from 1997. Brett versus Perfect. Uh, we have HBK versus Triple H in '02. Brett versus Bulldog in 92. HBK versus Razor Ramon in 95. We have uh, Triple H versus The Rock in 98, a ladder match. TLC number one in 2000. Uh, we have Brett versus Owen in 98. Diesel versus Razor in 94. And the Mega Powers versus the Mega Bucks from the first ever SummerSlam. So those are the ten. We're going to have that up on the website shortly, so go in there and vote. And we'll reveal number ten to number one next week. I think in, in what our fans put out there on Facebook, it's, uh, it's pretty apparent, actually, I think Bret Hart has become Mr. SummerSlam. We want to refer oh, to HBK as Mr. WrestleMania. I think Bret Hart... Is, uh, has become uh, Mr. SummerSlam. Uh, definitely a, a lot of classics. Um, but we want to hear from you. We want to get your votes. We're beside the top ten matches of all time. Uh, we want you guys to be the guys. That are picking out. who Be sure to get to the website. You'll probably post it uh, by tomorrow and vote for your favorite ever SummerSlam match. Um, but right now, we're going to go out to the phones because we are privileged... To have someone who used to work in WWE creative, so we're gonna kind of like the Wizard of Oz, we're gonna peel the curtain back a little bit and and get an inside look of uh, creative and and what creative does and entails. So without further ado, uh, John, are you there? I am. How are you doing tonight?
7: I'm doing good. How are you guys doing?
1: Doing awesome.
7: Uh, why don't you um.
1: You know, just to start off, why don't you give uh, our listeners a little bit of history, how you, uh, you know, how you came about getting into the business and how you uh, got into WWE creative.
7: Okay, well, uh, first off, my name is uh, John Carl, and I was on the WWE creative team from July of 2006 until March of 2009. Um, The way I got onto the team was actually different than what a lot of people do, Um, you know, especially lately, a lot of the creative team is coming from Hollywood and stuff like that. And I actually came from uh, the new England independent scene. Um, I started uh, getting involved with the NAWF out of West Haven, Connecticut when I was 16 as a referee. Uh, When I got through with my freshman year of college, I came back, got trained. And uh, I know you guys mentioned it earlier. Um, One of the guys that I trained with was actually Dan spider quirk. Um, and then Nocturne, Dave Cole, a lot of those guys. Uh, Did wrestling, uh, you know, some matches, moved into managing, and uh, through all my independent stuff, I met Krista Joseph, which uh, a lot of people better know as Big Dick Johnson. And uh, him and I, we clicked well, and uh, he told me that they had an opening on the writing team and asked if it would be something I would be interested in you know, being the fan that I am and always being a writer for my entire life, I jumped at the chance and uh that's that's the long and short of how I got there.
1: Cool. Just very uh, so to start off, you know, we gotta ask you about this and, and it you know uh AW's firing. He's uh you know he he's he's ripping WWE Creative uh, a bit. Um just your take on, on how much of the stuff that goes that we see on T V is scripted, and how much leeway are guys given just to be creative and kind of improv while they're out there?
7: Um, it, it kind of depends. It it depends on which person it is. Um, it depends on how important the scenario is that you're playing through. You know, there, there's lots of factors to it. If you have new, untested talent, you don't really want to give them the opportunity to to blow their first impression. You want to make sure everything is what you need it to be. Uh, But at the same time, there are other guys who have proven themselves, and whether it's just been years in the business and the respect or the fact that you see that natural charisma in a guy. I remember there was one night where I was doing a promo with John Cena, and I literally just told him the bullet points of the three things he had to hit in five minutes, and he had all the time to say whatever he needed to about his. Uh, I think it was a Great American Bash match against JBL, and I didn't have to tell John anything. All I needed from John was to know what his last line was going to be, so the truck would know when to cut off the uh, the shot. So it it all depends on who you're working with. That's you know that's that's the biggest thing. If it's somebody who you can trust, then there's a lot more leeway. If it's somebody that's brand new and you know this can make or break their career if they have a bad first impression then you're you're a lot more hands on with it.
1: What are your thoughts on the a w situation what's gone on over the past I
7: actually few? have not heard about the situation
1: okay well I, AW uh was fired on the w w e for uh you know the rumors are all circulating for the same he made a kobe bryant uh rape joke uh on air. Um, oh, Who
7: are you referring
1: also, to as uh, A.W., by the way? Uh, A.W. Promotions, the uh, rival... He uh, manages uh, Tyson O'Neill and uh, Darren Young. Oh,
7: okay. Oh, okay. Got you. Sorry. Um, yeah, I, I haven't really been following that, to, to be totally honest.
1: Okay. We'll just move on then from
7: there.
1: I'd like honestly, if you can, you know, like I said, peel the curtain back. Um, just give us an idea of what a typical meeting would be for for creative
7: um there was no such thing as a typical meeting that that's that's the one thing that i quickly learned um you know depending on the mood or depending on what was going on you might go through every segment of a show you might focus on just how the show is going to open you might start talk talking about long-term storylines and you know, it it would all depend. You know, there there's so many variables in wrestling that there was never such a thing as typical. So you you could be talking about new characters, new talent, uh you could be talking about how you need to reinvent a certain person. Do you do a heel change or a baby face uh swap with this person, you know? There's there never was like a set agenda that applied to every meeting you guys would have.
3: Hey, John, I wanted to ask you a quick question.
7: Uh, Sure. Your time
3: in creative, uh, you worked with a lot of – You you seems like you've worked with a lot of talent and top talent, just about everyone down the line in the roster. Um, Two questions. What was your biggest accomplishment in WWE creative that made it to television that you're most proud of, and what was uh, some of your ideas that you thought could make it to television but never made it to air that you were disappointed in?
7: Still to this day, um, I'd say – I, I can't narrow the biggest single accomplishment down, but there were three people that I played or three groups that I played a part of, uh, getting them going. And, uh, those are probably what was most important to me. I got to work with, uh, Miz and Morrison on the dirt sheet. The, if you go online and you look up the, you know, the classic episodes of that and you look at the first 11 episodes, I worked pretty closely with Ms and Morrison on those first episodes. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm not saying that's the only thing that got those guys to you know Miz especially to that main event status, but you know that that definitely played a part of it. You know, aside from their in ring work ethic and stuff like that, um, then I'd say Zach Ryder because I got to work with him on the the origins of that character, and then obviously Zach was able to take it himself after I was gone, and he started doing the stuff on YouTube, which Helped him, you know. He he became a household name to WWE fans, whereas he used to just be known as one of the Edge guys. Um, and aside from that, I'd say working with uh, with Natty uh, Neidhart, T.J. Wilson, and uh, and um, David uh, Smith. I mean, those those kids were a story that I was working on and trying to get them onto TV for God. It had to be at least seven, eight months of working really closely with them. I mean, and there were original iterations that people saw, you know, doing house shows and stuff like that where, you know, you had uh you had Teddy Hart involved and all stuff like that. So, it was a long road, but when I saw those three get to go out there with Brett, when it was Brett and uh Vince at WrestleMania, that was that was an awesome thing to just be able to know. I regardless of the the level of the involvement in the final product, I was a part of getting it to that to that spot. That was a phenomenal feeling for me.
3: Awesome. Awesome.
7: Yep. And then uh sorry, I, I went off on that so much I forgot the second half of the question.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. some some of the stuff that you brought up and ideas maybe in creative meetings that you thought could make it to T V but never did, and something maybe some stuff you were disappointed that didn't, you know, pan out for you
2: creatively? Um,
7: I always wanted to go farther with the uh the Paul and Katie Lee Birchell story that we never got to get it started the way we wanted to because that was right when everything had to be T V P G and like, you know, Cena's moves are getting renamed and stuff like that because Vince finally figured out that five knuckle shuffle was a masturbatory joke and stuff like that. But uh you know, we had this whole whole storyline planned out with Paul and Katie Lee and you know, it was it had a lot of twists and turns and in the end you find out it's not as, you know, horribly like deprived and stuff like that as you're given the impression but he, you just couldn't risk it with the direction that the company was going at the time. Just
1: curious, if, here, if it was said. if
7: it was the '90s, they would have been making out in front of the audience, probably. <laughs>
1: the, the direction that you're saying and the PG. Did you guys get? Was there like a definitive, like memo? Did you have a meeting? Like they called everyone in, and say, "All right, just so you writers know, we're, we're going PG," or was it? Was it an evolution? Um, like the, how did the,
7: the, the thing way everything off? broke down with that for me at least was it must have happened a few months before I got there because we like it was DX was doing their stuff and it wasn't anywhere near like as blatant as the stuff that DX used to do back in the '90s during the Attitude Era and then when I was there it's like you know these are these are words you can't say in a promo and you know the at that point the you know the the swimsuit contest had started to to die away a little bit. You saw a little bit left on e c w with like the strip poker game and stuff like that but you you already saw the writing on the wall of you know family friendly p g um that that whole style was becoming the norm
1: so it was like a slow process that they just they didn't definitively say all right, this is it it was just kind of slowly pulling things
7: yeah it it wasn't even so much as slowly pulling things but you would if you pitch certain things you would start to not see that kind of thing happen anymore or you know when you know you're new on the team and you're excited and you're pitching everything you that you can imagine then you start to learn the rules of the team and it's like hey this can't happen on our programming anymore that's just the way it is and it wouldn't be like a big meeting with the boss where you'd like get thrown under the bus and stuff like that, but in like smaller meetings, conversations at the bar, you know, all different stuff like that, that's that's where you kinda of learn that, you know, it's it's not the same company as it was. It's corporate shareholders. You you can't make Dick and Fart jokes the same way you used to years ago. Now they have to be a little more highbrow, or at least as highbrow as Dick and Fart jokes can be, you know? <laughs>
1: As you're saying, things, and you're saying, you know, pitch ideas. Uh, how how does that work? You you write something. Are you, you know? Are you, are you pitching it straight to Vince? Is, does Vince have the final say? Is there a team of people that say a or nay? Have, once you guys decide, hey, I have this idea and I'm writing this. What, what's the process as far as whether it gets on TV or not?
7: I I, I find it funny because you could always tell who's been inside the machine and who hasn't because of the way they ask certain questions, like how you're talking about, like the process. And again, it's, it, there's no, there's no such thing as a typical process there. Um, you know, that was something that I learned myself and there there would be times where we would see a certain talent in OVW, uh, deep South or later Florida, um, it would be like, Hey, this guy is really talented, but they need a direction. Let's work on coming up with a character for them, or let's take this character. They've already started and develop it further. Um, and you know, you could sit there, you could write a 10 page synopsis of a character with like three months of programming and stuff like that, send it around to the team and it could get tweaks from people. It could get, you know, the, this isn't going to work for this guy. Maybe this will work better. Um, or you could just be in a meeting and somebody's name could come up, and if you had something good off the top of your head, you say it out loud, and if you said it in front of the boss and he liked it, it could happen. So,
1: I mean, I guess I'm curious. Was it, was it ultimately Vince had, had the yay or nay, or were there other people who are, who cut? I mean, when you had an idea, whether it was for uh, an unknown talent or you blurred something out in a meeting, who who would have the definitive, like, yes or no?
7: Well, I don't, I don't know how things have changed since, uh, since uh, Triple H has moved into um, a vice president role within the company, but at, at the time I was there, and it wasn't just creative. I mean, this is something that you know, has been talked about with a lot of people, that Vince ultimately makes the big decisions in the company, um, and nothing is bigger than, to him than his TV product. So, you know, if you have something happening on television, Vince is going to be the one to ultimately say yay or nay. Or if it's something that happens on live TV, if it works and he wants to do more of it, you know, he's telling you that. But if it's something that doesn't go well, it's like, hey, we did this segment. The segment sucked. We have to change direction, you know. Um, so ultimately it, it does come down to Vince. Uh no matter what, I think until the day that he's no longer with us, that show is his baby, and, or the product is his baby, and he's never going to be able to 100% step away from it, in my eyes at least.
3: John, let me ask you a question. What about um, the uh, the advent of social media on the, on the program? You see a lot about Twitter and Facebook and now Tout, which apparently the company if, has. If
7: I see Michael Cole or hear Michael Cole talk about somebody's twitter feed one more time I'm going to blow my brains out.
3: I was just going to ask you how how you know w- were there early developments in the time that you were there when social media was just really starting to boom where it was maybe talked about in creative meetings or discussions of using it as part of storylines at all.
7: Um when I was there the biggest proponent of social media uh was David Lagana and I'm sure you guys have followed what happened with David after he left WWE. He became a part of Ring of Honor and he started iwantwrestling.com and he it was a social media experiment in wrestling and Dave gets social media. He you know, he had iwantwrestling trending during Monday Night Raw, like that hashtag. That's an incredible feat to get anything trending that isn't being promoted on television that that first of first of all like he deserves all the credit in the world for it um as far as at the company it was a more traditional view of the internet of of all things for them to be traditional and have a process on the the internet was one of them and whereas the internet is something that should be creative and you could take risks that's where they weren't taking risks you know when i was there i i I used to live, uh, I live in New Haven, Connecticut and Stanford being, you know, 45 minutes away, especially with traffic. I would listen to podcasts on my way to work every day. That was just what I did. Cause I was sick of hearing the same music on the radio. I wanted there to be a podcast and whether you had, you know, somebody from the studio or you hire a personality of just some weekly feed of, you know, news and events and stories. And it just, never clicked with the people that were there. Um, Now it's like they saw all of a sudden that the internet and Twitter and social media can make somebody by what Ryder did. Basically, you know, you, you would hear somebody's name or you'd talk about Twitter, but it wasn't until Ryder really showed them the power of it by doing it himself. Did they take it? And then all of a sudden they just ran with it. And it's, the most frustrating thing when you're seeing somebody, you know, come out for their entrance and it's not just, Hey, this guy's a superstar. This is his name. It's superstars name with his at name on Twitter below. And it, it, it's almost pandering to the internet audience. The is the way that feels to me.
3: And uh, another question, Uh, Mm -hmm. the popularity of John Cena in the company, obviously he's been the top dog from, probably about 2005 on and you were, you, you were, you were uh, with the company during the the height of his run. Um, How many times, or if any, were there any times that there had been talks about turning him heel, considering the reactions, the mixed reactions he's gotten in over the, I'd say the past seven, eight years now.
7: Uh, anytime somebody was new to the team, that that's the best answer I can give you. Uh, once you, once you learn why Cena doesn't turn heel, it makes total sense, and you don't even feel the urge to pitch it again. But mm-hmm. when you're new, you know, it's, oh, it's, you know, it's going to be this big deal. It's, it's funny because it's usually one of, like, the first five ideas that anybody even has on the team. Like, you know, you know, it's, oh, this could be the person who beats the Undertaker streak, or, you know, maybe we should turn Cena heel, or something like that, and then it's, you you learn why you're not doing it and you're like you know what i'm not the first person to come up with that idea i'm not the last person who's gonna pitch that idea and right now the way the company is doing it would be a detriment rather than something that's gonna that's gonna benefit everybody and you know it, it's it's different looking at a multinational you know billion dollar company as opposed to booking a show you know if, if you're booking just based off of the show, that's one thing you can you can work with turns and stuff like that on on a singular show. But when you're looking at you know merchandising DVDs, um, you know charity work, especially stuff like Make a Wish, everything like that, turning Cena heel is is just a huge loss in terms of personality because you don't have that person who can fill his role right now. And I, I I stand by that. Um, I, I love CM Punk. I think he had an awesome babyface run over the past year. Everything that he's been doing is great. But Punk is not that icon that Cena has made himself. And to, to wrestling fans, CM Punk is the one that we love. But to the greater fan base who aren't as hardcore fans... And then to the people who are seeing wrestling from an outsiders perspective, Cena needs to be that guy right now. He needs to be, you know, the new millennia's version of Hulk Hogan. And he he's the only one who could step up and fill that.
1: Do you think is, is there any guy that you look at uh, in, in that could potentially take that spot or do you just see Cena you know, have to be in this role for the foreseeable future?
7: For what I for what see, I right, see now, right now, for that, for specific, that specific role, role that's John. That's John. Um, um, you, you have, a, um, lot you have guys a lot of guys who are filling perfect. other roles in great ways. Like you have, like I said, Punk, who he's that smart-ass, almost anti-hero babyface. Um, you have a lot of great support guys. You know, you have your guys who as Vince would put it, they they were the, the strong bow. They were they were the guys that you would get to before you could touch Cena. Um you know you, you have guys who are near the ends of their career who, you know, are have no problem putting over new talent. And then you have a lot of guys who are building themselves up. But when you look at a guy like John Cena, he stands out. You know, Daniel Bryan phenomenal wrestler, probably one of the greatest that I've I've ever seen wrestle in person in my life. Um, but if you put him in a suit and tie, nobody's going to know that that is the number one guy in the world of wrestling. And that's not a dig on Daniel by any means. It's 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 just a cold hard fact that certain people give off the image of this is what a professional wrestler is to the greater mainstream.
1: You're just curious for you as a writer. Um, if you're with the company right now, who would you, you know, and we'll throw TNA in the mix. If you could write for someone right now, who would you who would you want to write for?
7: If I could write for someone meaning I could just pick somebody or I'm only allowed to write for that person?
1: You can pick somebody. They're part of your your stable guys you're writing for, but you you get your free pick as far as who you want to work with.
7: Nick Nemeth. Dolph Ziggler, by far. He he has that potential within the next year, he needs to be World Heavyweight Champion or WWE Champion. Um, He's always had that cocky charisma that you want to just slap him in the face or see somebody kick the hell out of him. And for me, uh, my time on the indies and stuff like that, I was a babyface for all of five minutes, and it's so much more fun to be a heel, and so much more fun to write for a heel. And uh, you know, while Nick does it a lot better than I do, um, he, it's he, we have that very similar personality and sarcastic style to ourselves. And if if I could write for somebody on their way to the top. I would absolutely pick him.
1: Uh how far do you think what his potential is? How far can he go?
7: He could be an edge. Really? Espe- wow. Especially especially as a heel, he can definitely be edge during his prime as a heel, especially like that Cena run. That that I think he has all the potential in the world. He can literally it's it's probably the you know the oldest saying in in wrestling right now. But he could have a mo- uh, a match with a broom and make the broom look good and get that broom over to the crowd.
1: Yeah, we we've, we've given him high praise on this show. We, we agree with your uh, tremendous worker. Uh, yeah. Edge is is high praise. Um, I'd like to backtrack a little bit and just uh, we'll get to it in a minute. But uh, you know you're talking about the internet and pandering the fans and everything and. I know last year with the, the summer quote-unquote summer of punk and uh you know punk showing up at comic-con and seeing it on youtube um, and i was, was there
7: and i didn't go to that panel and i was ticked off about it <laughs> wow yep i i was at that point i was actually uh just i'm gonna plug a friend real quick uh go ahead. my buddy mike kingston he does uh headlocked which is a wrestling comic book and it's the only, I'd say, real wrestling comic book, because the WWE ones have never actually had anything to do with wrestling. Um, I was at his booth, and all of a sudden, like all of our Twitter feeds start blowing up and stuff like that, and, you know, we're all looking at our phones during the show, and it's like CM Punk just invaded Triple H's uh, uh, speech at the the panel, and we're like, of course, the one thing that we should have been at, we didn't go to.
1: <laughs> As luck would have it. I. We've talked about it a lot on this show. We kind of thought that if there was ever a storyline that they could have let go longer and, and kind of run the storyline almost exclusively on the Internet, that may have been the one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Curious of what you thought of that, and is it possible or is it conceivable that at some point we'll, we will see a, a storyline primarily run on the Internet?
7: Um. I don't think primarily because as as great as the internet is as a resource, it's not your major money maker in the wrestling industry right now um, at least until that changes where you know w w e s ratings are coming from the u s a network and sci fi and you know you're making tons of money off of live events uh their website is not the major backing of the company they don't have a a business model like Hulu or Netflix where you're, you're drawing all of your business off of an on-demand service. Um, mostly because you can just access so much of their stuff from so many other spots right now. And they haven't come up with a model that encourages you to only get it off of their site. You know, their you know, on-demand pay-per-view stuff. It's, it's a good service that they have, but it's not, set up the way to make it the must-have service. You know, if that changes, yes, but at least in the foreseeable future, I I, I don't think they have the infrastructure even set up for that.
1: Creatively, do you think it would be something
2: interesting?
7: Um, I mean, for me, that comes down to more a viral marketing thing, and from the stuff I've seen, they don't get viral marketing still. Um the last two times where you've had a teaser image um, you know the reveal was a video game and uh, Jericho coming back those were the last two like big deal like teaser trailers that got the internet buzzing and both times it was a very big letdown when you finally saw it's like you know I thought we were going to debut of a new guy or like somebody somebody who hasn't left and come back and left and come back again, you know. I, I, I love Jericho, you know, he was always a great guy and professional to me. But we already did it with him. You had the, you had the save me thing, and then all of a sudden you had the new creepy little girl stuff. And the, everybody thought it was going to be Brock, at least in my circle of friends. And that would have been a big moment. But then you give me Jericho again with the same basic concept, and it didn't work for me. John, one question. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, the the other thing that about that is they they keep it so simple that it proves to me that viral marketing doesn't work. Um, you know, you look at campaigns like, you know, the the Dark Knight or even video game companies are are experts at it. You look at the I love bees campaign that promoted the original Halo and stuff like that. That's viral marketing and that's what you need to make an internet story work. And they just—they don't. I don't know if it's a matter of them not believing in it, or not having the the right marketing people working behind that. So, sorry about that.
3: No, that's okay, John. One, one more question for me, um, without revealing too much. Uh, I'm not—I I don't want to put you on the spot here and, and have you, uh, you know, bash your former employer. But are there any like funny or interesting stories you can tell the listeners and ourselves about? Um, some of the uh, the creative meetings. There's always rumors on the internet that Vince is a little wacky in those meetings, and uh, he's a little off the wall and kind of out of touch these days in in, in the past couple of years. But there are there just any like interesting or funny stories that come to mind for you that um, you could tell about certain creative meetings that have taken place during your tenure in uh, the WWE
7: let's see, you know, like you said i have to I always have to be careful about the stuff that I do talk about publicly, especially with meetings because those are you know of of all the things that I could ever get in trouble for for a non disclosure agreement that's something that could uh okay i'm 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 just trying to think of something funny um okay, I do have one for you there there was a time um I think Michael Hayes had already left to uh to fly home to Atlanta from Stanford. And at the time, the the SmackDown team was myself, Krista Joseph, and Michael Hayes. Um, and then uh, Jen Bloodsworth was working on uh, ECW at the time. And uh, she was uh, in charge of the show for the week. I, I think Ed Kosky was on vacation or something like that. And we expected to just, you know, have a phone-in meeting or something like that. Because, you know, Michael had left and Ed wasn't there. You know, he, Vince wasn't going to want to talk to the three kids, quote-unquote, about the show. Um, so we are in our we get the phone call, and it's like, guys, grab your stuff. Vince wants to talk. So, you know, it's just the three of us in a room with him. And for some reason, I don't know what it was that day, but I was, instead of referring to The Undertaker as The Undertaker, which was what you did in front of the boss, I called him Mark. And I at the time like I didn't think it was a huge deal and I'd actually been on the team for a while and I said like two three times during the course of the meeting I just said Mark instead of the undertaker. And you know Vince didn't react to it, never said anything about it before or after or anything like that. But at one point he gets up and he walks away. Um he had to take a phone call or something like that. And immediately as soon as the door closed did Joseph's eyes, like, bug out of his head? He's like, you have to stop calling him that. I was like, what? He, he goes, you keep calling Taker Mark. Don't call him Mark. And I'm like, oh, wow, I was really doing that? And, like, the whole rest of the meeting I was petrified oh, wow. of saying it again.
1: <laughs>
3: and,
7: uh, it, like, I understand with, with Taker it's a level of respect and everything like that. But, you know, when you've been there a certain amount of time, you you have a comfort level. And certain people I would call by their real names. Um, Kane, I think after the third or fourth time that him and I had met on the road and I'd reintroduce myself, he goes, I know your name's John. You could just call me Glenn. And from then on, anytime I would refer to Kane, I would say Glenn because of takers, like mythical status, not just on television, but in the locker room, nobody really calls him Mark in the presence of the boss, I guess. And, it just scared the hell out of everybody I was in the room with. And like the Joseph and Jen were both looking at me and they're like, dude, if he freaks out, you're kind of on your own right now. I'm like, all right, all right. And then I was just, I was nervous to say anything the rest of the meeting because I had like psyched myself out that I was going to say Mark again. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Well, John, thank thank you so much for
1: for giving us your your time here tonight. Uh, A lot of great uh, insight in the, the world of creative, uh, uh, you got anything going on right now you'd like to promote?
7: Yeah, sure. Uh, first off, follow me on Twitter. It's at the John Carl, um, because there's some guy who I guess is like a real estate agent in Wisconsin who has like 43 <laughs> followers, and he won't give up the Twitter name John Carl. So if anybody wants to just talk trash to him online, I'm not going to tell you not to do it. Um, <laughs> other than that, I currently write for a website called theflickcast.com, Um and what we what I do on that site is I cover video games and comic books and that's why you know the past uh 4 years I've been out to San Diego Comic-Con um always love it always end, the funny part is I always end up seeing all the people I'm friends with out there um you know Hurricane was out there this year John Morrison Shad from Crime Time Jeff Hardy um and it it's almost like a mini wrestle reunion when you realize how many people are involved with geek culture now you know where 20, 30 years ago in wrestling, you would have gotten your ass kicked for admitting you read a comic book. And now it's kind of the norm. Uh, and other than that, I have two, uh, independent wrestling appearances coming up. Uh, one's actually next week. I'm going to be on the, uh, CTWE show, uh, where Billy Gunn's going to be facing off against Brian Kendrick. And I'm actually going to be, uh, going to be with Kendrick, uh, for that match. So that'll be cool. Cause Brian was one of the guys that I got to work with a lot, uh, especially during his uh time doing the V brian kendrick character and after that is uh wrestle jam which you guys already talked about and um i'm going to uh to support my two friends you know i started in wrestling right with uh spider and uh so that the match has a lot of uh meaning to me i also faced off against both nocturne and dave cole multiple times and uh you know, it's, it's it's weird to hear that one of your friends is going to be in a match that you, I, and I don't even know which one. That's that's the hardest part. It's like, you know, when Ric Flair is going through his retirement, like, tour, you knew at the end of it Rick was retiring from WWE. But this, I I don't know who's leaving Connecticut, and that bothers me. <laughs> so. Very cool. Uh, glad
1: to. Thank you again. Thank you so much for being on the show. Looking forward to meeting you uh, out there at Wrestle Jam. And, uh, you know, hopefully in the future we'll get you back on. Thanks a lot for your time. Yeah,
7: thank you very much, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks, thank you. Johnny. All right, have a good one, guys. Bye.
1: Well, that was cool, man. Yeah. A little, yeah. little, little window into uh, what goes on behind the scenes. Uh, interesting, you know, you hear the John Cena thing, and, and it's beaten to death, but, you know, from a writer's point of view, you know, he's putting it out there. Why, uh, you know, why I can't... Turn them heels. I thought really, really interesting stuff. Uh, uh, Again, we had a full bank of calls. Thank you guys for being patient. I don't think we're going to get to everyone who's who's on the line Uh, because of our guest. We had to get to John uh, giving us a little bit of WWE creative and behind the scenes. But uh, if you were on hold and listening, hope you enjoyed the interview. Um, But right now, it is time for. The Ken, the Ken Reedy Show
2: Nod of Approval.
1: And if you're a job tuning in, this is your first day uh, listening to The Ken Reedy Show. First off, thank you, but this is something we do each and every week.
2: A lot of approval
1: is something where you just sit back. You nod to yourself and say, hey, that worked. Something in the world of wrestling can be a a performer, a match, a TV show, a promo. Something you saw in the world of pro wrestling that made you just kind of nod to yourself and say, hey, that worked. And that is what we do each and every week, the nod of approval. On our Facebook page, Tony says to us his nod of approval, Kurt Angle versus AJ Styles and James Storm versus Bully Ray this past week. Two quality matches. We're looking forward to hardcore justice tonight. Uh send up the pay per view so uh, those two matches get Tony's nod of approval. And we got John, and I am probably going to butcher this last name, but we got John Trezzo oh, How V. Tre- John T. I oh, wrote, and you know what's awesome? He wrote, I give Ken Reedy my nod of approval. That's the first time I've gotten a nod. So I gotta say, I'm more than a little bit excited hearing a nod of approval. Uh, so thank you guys. Remember, uh, check us out on Facebook as while we're doing the show, we post that, and uh, we want to hear your nod uh, for the week. But right now, we want to hear Dave's nod. Dave, who gets your nod of approval?
3: There wasn't really much going on in the world of wrestling this week, but when uh, I was watching Monday Night Raw, and they they put that hype video up, that that vignette for Wade Barrett, I. I Right away that was my out of approval this week Regardless of what anything else was I thought it was so cool the way they had it Set up how it was a vignette Of like a bunch of guys fighting in like an old Dirty warehouse and he's Narrating in the back talking about his return And and, and uh, He grew a beard it gave a little bit more of an edge A different look for him which I thought was cool um, and He's got The history you know in this character of being the Bare knuckle fighter and it worked with the vignette and It was just something that not only was good to, like, really hyper-return and get you excited, it it made me feel like, okay, this guy's going to be a big deal when he comes back. like, And he always had the potential to be a big deal before he got injured, especially with his run with the Nexus, and more recently before he got hurt in his singles run. But now it seems like they got this machine behind him and they're going to really push him to the moon and it and it was also one of those like the vignettes that we used to watch when you know we were younger in the old days in wrestling when they hyped up you know a guy making a debut or a return you know it was it, it had a it had a cool feel to it and the like the demonic music behind it just overall i thought the presentation was just phenomenal i really enjoyed it and it makes me it makes me excited to see when he's going to come back um, and I, I heard he worked the, uh, the SmackDown tapings on Tuesday in a dark match against Zack Ryder. Um, and he looked pretty good out there. So uh, I'm looking forward to his return on TV and seeing what he's going to do. I think uh, the video package really set the tone for big things for Wade Bear coming up. That gets mine out of approval this week.
1: It's a good nod. It's a good nod because uh, I like Wade. I uh, think he had to get better in the ring. Well, I, I like his promo work. Um, oh, it, it was something I don't know if I was – Excit- I, I was looking forward to him coming back, but you're right. The, the vignettes made it a bigger deal, uh, that he's obviously going to be put uh, at a high level, perhaps in the main event picture when he comes back. Um, it gives a little edge to the character. Uh, definitely worked all the way around, and it makes you think like what they're going to do. It makes you a little bit excited about uh, him coming back, which is uh, really cool because I don't know uh, you know, if there was any level of excitement about Barrett returning and. Uh, I like what they did. we have now we have to look forward to uh you know more of the Barrett Barrage. Um so good stuff for me. My nod of approval this week goes to Ziegler and Jericho. Um I'm I'm willing to be optimistic right now, but look, let's let's for a second here. Let's mark down the day on the calendar. We have something mid card to get a little excited about. Well, little bit. Uh, You know, love the highlight reel, everything that went on there, Vicky as well. I am just very excited that Ziggler and Jericho will be running a program together. Um, Ziggler, as John pointed out, uh, very talented, and, and we have talked about him many a times on this show. Love Ziggler. Um, you know, if anybody can put this guy over, it's Jericho. I, I think it's brilliant to put them in a program together. Um, you know, maybe back off a bit on when exactly Ziggler's going to cash in this money in the bank to kind of lift his stature a little bit. But I find myself getting pretty excited about a, a storyline with these guys involved. Um, I, I think Jericho is, Jericho's brilliant uh, with her he gets the business, he gets everything. He, he, you know, he's taken acting lessons. He just, he knows what he's doing. He knows how to tell stories. So, uh, I'm excited about seeing the two of them work. Uh, it's going to be a good program. So, and Everything they did on the Height Reel uh, this past week got my nod of approval. So there you have it. Wade Barrett and Jericho Ziegler get our nods of approval this week. The Penn the Reading Show Nod of Approval. approval. And there you have it. Uh, we got about a minute left. Great show tonight. Looking forward to a little hardcore justice. What is Aces and Eights up to tonight? Are they going after Bully Ray? Uh, we got Bound for Glory stuff going on. Points all over the place, and the rematch, which is something I'm really looking forward to. Austin Aries versus Bobby Roode. Those guys are looking to put on a show. You know what? I got to thank everyone out there, Paul, We didn't get to all the callers that I promised. We'll hit the calls earlier next week three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. Please be sure to be a part of this show. Thank you so much. Check out the poll question this week at kenreedyshow.com. Thank you to our producer Michelle, our men, our guys in the pool listening in, Jordan and Rob. Thanks for tuning in. For Dave, this is Ken Reedy. This is the Ken Reedy Show. Thank you all for listening and good night.